understanding how to make your revenue goal real so that you're not just saying, I want to do a million dollars. I'm going to divide that number by 12 and boom, there we go. We have a, we have a goal for each month. You've got so much that goes into that. If you are a landscaper that does maintenance work, you've got drive time between locations. If, if you're an excavator and you are in an area where it snows, you might have to build in time. You know, there's just so many different variables that just taking a number and dividing it by 12 doesn't work. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan and Catherine Freeman, NCG Business Coach and Director of Operations is joining me on today's episode to talk about a key puzzle piece in building your annual budget, the Revenue Cookbook. This cookbook is a tool designed to help build your revenue goals for the year, keeping in mind the various factors that impact actual revenue on a monthly basis, including feet on the street, your average sales price, and the gap that must be accounted for. We're talking scheduled training time, expected field productivity, PTO. We have to consider how these components will impact the expected revenue our teams are trying to hit each month. The Revenue Cookbook, like all other parts of the budgeting process, represents a story for the year and the strategies to plan for. When addressed head-on and shared with your team, you are creating a line of sight to the vision for the year ahead and a more accurate representation of what's to come. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right, Catherine Freeman, welcome back to the podcast. How are we doing today? Well, hello, Molly. Today is actually a spectacular day. Wow. Um, Beautiful, beautiful fall day. Couldn't be more lovely. And of course, my event is coming up. And so I I am a high energy today. You got a bundle of energy today, Molly. So, well, love it. Love, love the energy, love the positivity. Um, for those that don't know what you are about to do, and actually by the time people listen to this, you will have just completed it. It'll be over and you'll be basking in recovery. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, But tell the people what you are about to embark on this weekend. So I am going to hike the equivalent of, um, the vertical ascent of Mount Everest. So there's an organization, 29029 Everesting, and they put on events around the around the country and one in Canada to get crazy people to commit to a, a almost a year of training to get you ready to hike the equivalent of Mount Everest. Because quite honestly, that sounds appealing, but I'm not going to be able to ever do that, nor, nor, nor do I want to be that cold. Let's be honest. I don't want to be yeah. that cold. Yeah, no, me um, either. But it sounded like something uh, a a regular person could do, you know. Well, I was gonna say it sounded like um, you've been spending too many too much time with the Nolans. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, right. I can't <laughs> tell you how many people actually did ask me that. So, did Brian put you up to this? Yeah. Did Kevin mention this at all? Exactly. Uh, no, this is this is just inherent craziness. Um, I distinctly remember back in February or even January of this year when. You you had you first had the idea, and you were showing it to me, and they the, the registration was coming up, and you had to put a deposit down, and it fills up quickly. So if you didn't do it that day, 
it wasn't going to happen. Right. And that the anticipation, should I do it? Should I not do it? Am I crazy? And I was like, right. Well, what's, what's funny, Molly, is that everybody asks, did Brian or Kevin put you up to this? But really whose fault it is, is Molly. (laughs) Because Molly said, what have you got to lose? Yeah. Go in there, get the ticket. I mean, you know, like, yeah, go ahead. What, what, what is there to lose? There's nothing to lose. I mean, there was nothing to lose. Um, Mm -hmm. Except for maybe there was a lot of training. So I lost a little bit of time in my world. There was um, a lot of training, but as we have said to you, the training. training is really, um, what you're going to, you're, I mean, you're going to look back at this experience when it's done and the highs of actually doing it. But what you're going to remember most is the training and the training oh, time yeah. that you have put oh, in yeah. dedication, protecting your calendar, protecting oh, that yeah. training time. Right. It was a year of doing that because they were, they provide a 20 week training program, but I had a baseline fitness that I needed to get to. So I did, I started this in February and we're here in October and a year of me saying to to everybody in my world, work and personal, I got to protect that training time, Mm -hmm. which is a little out of character for me. But nothing that I'm going to give up either, by the way. Which I, I know. And I mean, <laughs> right. you were, we've already been talking about what next year's challenge looks what like. What is it going to be I, next year? I know. It's, it's amazing. It's it's amazing when, um, I mean, everybody goes after different things and can challenge themselves in different ways. But when you find the thing that really kind of spurs that energy, that drive to change, to change, I mean, how what your, what your typical day looks like. You've completely changed. Yeah. From, oh, absolutely. I mean, you go to you go to CrossFit, you're walking to work every day, you're spending yep. your weekends doing 10, 12 hour hikes. I mean, yep. who is this, Catherine? Who is this, Catherine? I don't know who she is. It's Maybe so she'll fun. stick around. <laughs> I think she will. She, you, she you, will. Now you've you've got all the the fantastic um hiking equipment. And oh my the, gosh. All the, the shopping opportunities. <laughs> all the shopping opportunities. I'm not a big shopper, but uh boy oh boy, there was, you know, and in addition to the regular hiking trips every single Saturday, it was a trip to REI. Go REI. We love <laughs> REI here at uh, NCG. Uh, mm-hmm. Many of us, many of us who work here uh, love REI. Oh yeah. Um so it's funny because a couple of these things actually really um in terms of um, themes, almost kind of match the discussion oh, of the they podcast, do. But, was, although we do. didn't really think about it that way. Yeah. Um, one being, you know, discipline of protecting the plan that you put in place mm-hmm. and then spending money and on, on, right, things exactly, like, exactly. on places like REI. Perhaps I should have set a budget at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah. I might've been personally better off if I had just said there was a budget, but but you're right. I, it's about, it is about discipline and being planned and mindful. And um, Brian actually accompanied me on one of my long hikes. And one of the things that he said, he talked about was, you know, this, the whole, the whole planning and training prospect here is, is a time span issue. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so for some people it is, can I, can you look at the end result and understand how the plan is going to get you to the end result. And that's really what we're talking about here, because the the whole idea of budgeting and, you know, there's been a, a lot of podcasts on the planning year and yep. what you're doing and what the cycle looks like. And 
budgeting in and of itself is a is a science, but it's about understanding what you want to achieve, what's your operating or net profit goal for the year. Um, and let's back our way into it and make it happen and make our incremental decisions match that plan instead of just going in. I mean, so many business business owners come to us in our world and they, they're just accustomed to, well, I want to do 15% better next year, or I think I can get to 25% better. I had a good couple of years, so I'm going to plan for 25% better. There's really no understanding of how to make that 25% happen right. unless you've got the end in mind. And understanding all the different little triggers that are going to impact being able to make that happen. And you, right. while of course we, we recognize that there are things that we could, we all just cannot control. It's right. what we always come back to, but what are the things that you can control? And so what, how can you best be setting yourself up to, to, for, for that success while even recognizing that you're going to hit some barriers along the way and we're anticipating that. Yeah, absolutely. And there are so many things that we can control. I mean, I, that's another thing that I do hear from business owners, right? Oh, we can't control what's happening in the economy. Um, mm -hmm. In a lot of cases, we're, we're talking about a, you know, a midterm election year. Um, we're talking about uh, wage pressure and, you know, all of the people in the field are coming to me wanting more money because they can go someplace else for an extra buck more. Um, I, I push back a little bit on that because, you know, there are things that you can control within there. There are things that you've got a level of understanding in your business. And, and you know, a, a topic for another day, of course, is the, the wage issue and, and how best to communicate with your team on, on what looking like getting, what looking like getting more money looks like for mm -hmm. you. Um, but those, those are all things that you can control. And, are we looking at our marketing lead sources and how much we're spending and our cost per estimate and our our cost per sale? Are we looking are we looking at those things and using some of those things to make educated decisions about what we want to achieve next year? Because it's about that. It's about collecting the data that you've got from this year. If you're lucky and you've got last year's numbers, if you work with us, you're lucky because you've got a lot of years of numbers. Yes. Um, but if you just like take what you know, I always say this is like an algebra equation, right? You know one element of what you want to achieve. So plug in the variables that you know and let's figure it out because it it can be scary for people, but it, it really shouldn't be, really shouldn't be. Right, when you... When you can surround yourself with the with the right tools, the the right knowledge to help you. I mean, no one needs to do this alone either. That's kind of I think that's a, a big reminder is that just because you're a business owner does not mean that you need to um and you don't and, and numbers aren't your strength, does not mean you have to do it alone, does not mean that you have to struggle through and figure it out. There are people, there are resources, there are so many um, things out there that can help like Nolan Consulting Group, that right. um, can help you um, better understand and, and put you in touch with the right people uh, to be doing your bookkeeping, just basically put to put the tools in the hands of the right people. 
Exactly. Exactly. And there are, like you say, bookkeepers, um, the, the tools out there are extraordinary for you as, as a business owner or any kind of a business leader. Um, one of the tools that we use um, most regularly, probably it's probably our most often used tool outside of our, you know, cascading planning cycle process mm-hmm. is our summit workbook. And right. the the workbook itself, you know, Andrew, Andrew developed this. I I often call it the, you know, it's an architectural wonder of the world because there's <laughs> so much that goes into it and it really is unique. But one of the tabs in there is our revenue cookbook. And that's where we want to start. That's where we want to encourage business owners to start is understanding how to make your revenue goal real so that you're not just saying, I want to do a million dollars. I'm going to divide that number by 12 and boom, there we go. We have a, we have a goal for each month. Ah, that's not true because January is realistic. July, right? It's not realistic. Yeah. You've, you've got so much that goes into that. You've got, you know, uh, if you are a landscaper that does maintenance work, you've got drive time between locations. If you are a painter and you do interior versus exterior, you're going to have a lower January number. Maybe if you're in the greater Northeast or Northwest, you might have a lower, lower number because you're not doing exteriors in January and February. If you're an excavator and you are in an area where it snows, you might have to build in time so that you're not um, generating revenue when, or planning on generating revenue when it's going to snow. You know, there's just so many different variables that just taking a number and dividing it by 12 doesn't work. No. And you know your business the best and you know oftentimes what those variables are and they're not the same for everybody. Um, So so taking a a plain approach or a a one-stop approach to building a budget like that doesn't work. No. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. doesn't meet reality of how your business operates, um, and so all of the clients that we work with here at Nolan Consulting Group, I mean, our, our coaching is done through a financial lens. So an understanding and a focus on the numbers using the Summit Workbook is our number one. That is oftentimes the basis of every coaching call that that takes place, and then it drives strategy discussions. Then it's looking at the ninety day plan. So, but we start with the numbers. And so for, for those listeners on here who are clients of ours, this is familiar to you. The things that we are, are speaking to, um, are, are stuff that you're, you're talking to your coach about the revenue cookbook you've seen before. So those are, those are tools in your hand that we are, that, that our goal is to help, um, make as realistic as possible to the revenue goals that you have. But if you're not a Summit client or not an NCG client and budgeting isn't something that you have really prioritized in your business, it can be daunting about where to start. It can be. It can be. And you know what we typically look at, we, we start with two pieces of important information. <clears throat> An hourly sales price, price that includes materials. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of businesses separate their material materials out if you're if you're a high material business and that is a separate line item on your um estimate 
I mean, that's that's something that you can certainly break out. But typically when we're doing this, we are looking at a revenue number that includes materials. And we're looking at the number of people who are going to be producing in the field. Um, and we start there as opposed to, right, like I said before, just a, I want to do 25% better. Right. Um, because you you have to start with what you understand and what you know. And, and oftentimes I'm even challenging business owners. Oh, I think I'm going to keep 20 people busy in the summertime. Okay, so this year, 2023, in July, you had 12 people. I want you to really think about whether or not in this hiring climate, you're going to be able to go out and hire eight additional people in the summer of next year. Sometimes the answer is very confidently yes. They've either spent a year building their recruiting brand or they've tapped into, I don't know, they've they've tapped into the the you know the local college mm-hmm. soccer team and they're going to be coming in and doing stuff. Whatever it is, right? There's there's sometimes the answer can very definitively be yes. I've got the right field leadership. And so I absolutely can handle more people. Um Sometimes the answer is no, and that becomes a real opportunity to to reflect, is the financial goal that I'm going to be putting out in front of myself and my team achievable? Um, and what do we need to do? So back to the planning idea, right? The, the idea now is we can work in tandem with our cascading planning cycle mm-hmm. because are we putting an aggressive goal out there that we do need to match some hiring goals to? Are there members of the team that need to up their game? Do we do we need to evaluate our training program so that we can bring in more people? Right. Um, so it all does go hand in hand, you know? It does. And I was even thinking, I mean, going back to that, you know, can are you able to hire those eight people confidently? Hiring eight people is one thing, but think about how many applicants you actually have to attract, how many are actually going to show up on the first day. I mean, you actually might need to technically hire 20 to get eight really solid people in the bank to be working over the summer. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and, you know, you're, 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 that's just music to my ears, really. My heart sings to hear you say that. Because I mean, seriously, I know too uh, many businesses who, for whom the hiring process is so daunting. But just like everything else, it's a numbers game. And understand what you have and what you need in order to get that one hire. I take it a step further because you're exactly right. It's not just how many people get hired and are going to show up the next day, but how many get hired and are going to make it past the first 30 days. Because in those first 30 days, we are evaluating for culture and for fit and for right. curiosity and desire and willingness to learn. Um, all of those things come into play. And you know, so just back it out. If, if it takes you a hundred applicants to get to two people who are going to last more than 30 days, 50 applicants to get to one, um, now you know, and that's empowering instead of just sitting and bemoaning, oh, people don't show up or I scheduled an interview and they were lousy or we got to the reference stage and it turns out that they're, you know, a bad employee. Like, don't don't get all those emotions wrapped up, right? Just figure it out. And I mean, that's about the budgeting process too. Don't, don't get wrapped up in 
oh my gosh, the, you know, they're, they're going to ask me for more money next year. And I don't know that I can afford it. And material prices are going up across the board. And how am I going to afford it? Like take the emotion out, take Take it out. Yeah. Take it out and and recognize that the num like the numbers that you are inputting into this revenue cookbook, into the greater budget, that they're not just numbers, that there are stories and strategies behind the things that you are putting in. Exactly. And so they're they're worthy of conversations. They're they worthy, are. they're worthy of a couple drafts. They're worthy of showing people on your team and rec- and seeing is this is this something that we as a team can accomplish? It, it needs to be discussed. It needs to be shared. It does. It really does. We, we've always coached to financial uh, transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, as a, as a business owner, you know, people think you're rolling in money. They just do. And it's so much more effective to be able to break it down and show, you know, out of a, out of a, $2,000 job when you're getting a 10% operating profit, that's not a lot of money. It's not. Mm-hmm. And so you want to get your job leaders and crew leaders foremen, you want them collecting checks, but you don't want them looking at that check and thinking, wow, that's just going into the business owner's bucket, right? right? You want them to be understanding. And so, yeah, we get Get people on your team involved, run it through the reality check of, can we hire this many people? Can we sell this way? Is this an appropriate goal? Um, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've had a challenge this particular year in 2023 with August pretty much being a, a bust across the board, irregardless of industry, irregardless of location, which makes me sit down and really think about okay, so if this is a universal thing, how am I going to work with my clients to make sure that August is appropriately forecasted for next year? Right. And, you know, so what what do we need to maybe do differently? Or are we, do we have too many working days budgeted in August because so many people take time off, you know? I, I don't know about the rest of the world, but but uh, where where we are in Pennsylvania, if you're a if you're a parent with children in the you know elementary school middle school ages, camps and programs end in the month of August. So all of a sudden you've got childcare challenges in front of you, and mm-hmm. how much of that impacts it? So you know what are the things that we need to be thinking about yeah. um, as we well, actually. As we so that brings me kind of to my, my next question here is in the creation, you know, the ingredients of creating that revenue cookbook, as we call it, you know, it, you've mentioned the feet on the street goals. You've you've mentioned, you know, how people are actually producing. You've mentioned having your sales price. But then, the, the, but then there are things that are going to impact the revenue. It's yep. not just straight number of people working at this sales price equals what we're going to do. There's obviously going to be things that we need to take into account again, to make the the goal actually more realistic. Um, So what are some of those ingredients that we have to keep in mind? So, you know, in a, in a lot of, a lot of um, analysis of P&Ls, which we're, we're not going to get into today, but, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of analysis of the P&L is, is understanding what the gap is, right? The gap between how you are selling and than how you are producing. And there are a number of things that can go into that number, um, a number of things that can go and can impact that. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, we actively encourage 
meetings, 100%. We feel like a crew leader meeting or a production meeting at least once a week, uh, it makes more than enough sense to do. But that does mean taking a number of your employees and making them non-productive for a period of time and paying them. Got to pay them. Got to pay them. Which that could be a whole conversation in itself, the impact of, you know, taking that productive time versus non-productive time and oh, actually absolutely. how important that not productive time while used yes. wisely can impact your business. Yes. Goals. Not indiscriminately. Very, very important distinction. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I all, I'm always thinking about like, you know, people who are standing in their offices and they're looking out over their you know, shops or the the parking lots and people are milling around and a certain level of milling around is good because you want to, you want a cohesive team, but you know, the milling around that goes on for an hour is maybe not good because it's not productive. And you want right. to, you want to be able to strike the balance between that, uh, keeping people busy and focused production, right? We sell time and we need to keep people productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so there's, there's meeting times, which, which has an impact on productivity. There's also training time. Uh, we would recommend training in two different ways. I mean, there's, there's on the job training, which is vital because you've got to be in it to really understand what's happening. And you want to have the real world feedback of don't do it this way, do it this way. Have you tried? That looks great. Perfect. Like, you know, do that again, um, all of that on the job training. But we also recommend there are times when it's appropriate to bring people out of the field. What if you have a safety training that you need to do? Or what if there were, um, you know, videos or recordings that uh, are part of a state mandated uh, training for all employees? That's going to be training time that's not on the job and we want to allocate for it. A vendor uh, needs to come on site to train on equipment use. I mean, exactly. those are things you're bringing people back to the shop for, back to the office. And they are they are very important because they're going to affect the productivity then later on the job. They're also going to affect safety. They're going to affect your assets being used properly. There's a Absolutely. lot of important reasons for, for different training opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then... Um, what, what we would argue for on an engagement level is, you know, the impact of paid time off. I mean, there are varying levels of paid time off in a lot of the businesses that we coach to, whether it's, you know, recognizing federal holidays or just giving, you know, having people accrue paid time off. There are also a number of states out there that are requiring it. And I would recommend just as a as an aside, um, every business owner at the beginning of each year should check their state's um, website, their Department of Labor or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever the state um, website is for your state and check to see if either your municipality or the state in general is requiring paid time off. Because um, I was speaking with a client the other day who starting January 1, the state's requiring 48 hours of paid time off. Um, That, again, has an impact, right? You're paying your people. On an engagement level, I would actively encourage you to encourage your teams to take those times off, whether it's, you know, a whole week or a couple of days off at a time. It makes for more productive employees. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and do that. Side note to August. When is everybody taking their time off? Right. right? 
Um, but that's going to have an impact to your productivity. I mean, all of those things are gap. They're, they're things that you can budget for. There are also field impacts that, that I'm um, just to take it one step further. There are things that can happen in the field that are not a result of sort of people issues, but could happen. We paint the wrong color. Uh, we paint the wrong color and the customer is dissatisfied. And so we're going to absorb the cost of the new materials. Um, what if a uh, customer comes in and says, I actually know that I asked for this particular walkway to get installed. Um, and I, I asked for it and I'm going to, I'm going to ask that you go ahead and do it. And the people in the field go ahead and do it without checking to make sure that it was written on the estimate. Um, so there's, there's field impacts too, of maybe we estimated something wrong. Maybe, maybe we put the wrong square foot in, or we counted the number of windows incorrectly. So there's also that, and in in our workbook, we can account for that. We can adjust some levers and triggers to um, understand how that is going to impact your productivity. So think about this. We, we don't have a revenue goal yet. We haven't even come up with a whole bucket number right. and all of the things that we've thought about here and all of the things that I would encourage you all to be thinking about really not in a scary way, just, okay, so how many times do my jobs actually come in on time and on budget? Mm -hmm. No. And, you know, putting all these pieces together is what's going to through formulas and through, through magic the magic of formulas, magic of formulas and the puzzle coming together, that's what's going to create your anticipated revenue goal for the year. And then Absolutely. of course you're going to look at that and you're going to say, okay, you know, maybe we need to adjust some of the months based upon other things that we need to keep in mind, or we know we already have a couple of large jobs booked for next year. And um, so we're already, you know, pre we're already uh, you know, ahead of track for, for going after that goal. So we can adjust a little bit more, but it's, it's getting you to a place where there's a realistic goal for the revenue that your company is going to produce based upon the, the facts of the, of the business. Yep. Absolutely. And then that's Absolutely. just one piece of the budget and we'll get, maybe we'll get to those in a later <laughs> conversation, but then, I mean, then you've got your revenue goal, but then you got to look at your expenses, your cost of goods are a whole other category that are going to be relating back to your revenue. And then your overhead, right. whole other category, Absolutely. a whole different category. And think about that. You know, we're, we're just talking about it. We're not actually doing the work of the work here, but we've had a whole conversation about one piece revenue, right. just a, just one piece. Um, so that's the other thing I, I would highly recommend getting time on your calendar and, and being really deliberate about this process. So What's our revenue goal? What are our cost of goods? What are our overhead expenses? What are the things that we need to evaluate? What's the reality check on it? Can we really do X? You know, we, this, this is, I mean, I, I, I feel like you're, you're, you have an, a golden opportunity at the beginning of the year to put a goal out there that makes sense for people, right. has reality behind it. And so give it some time. Don't, don't just, you know, 
sit down with a piece of yellow paper and, you know, a million dollars divided by 12. That's, that's not a goal. That's really not. That's going the easy way out. That is. That's easy way out. It in. That's, that's not, that's, let's, that's, yeah, let's come on. We're, we can do better than that. Come on, 100%. And listen, this is, we're talking about this and it's the middle of October. So you have time, you have two months until yep. Jan- January, 2024. So this is like, it's a golden opportunity to get real about your business and, and the budget for next year. It's a golden time to do it. Yeah, it is. It's like the golden hour in Instagram. Yeah. And we're back, you know, yeah, take advantage and coming back to kind of how we started this call. Remember it comes at the end of the day, it comes back to discipline. So if you're going to, if you're going to put those, if you're going to say, I'm going to do this process, I'm going to get real about my budgeting, put those times on your calendar and then protect them. Do not let something else take priority in the moment and kick it to the next week. Because once you kick it once, I've learned this personally, once you kick it once, it becomes really easy to kick it again. It does. It really does. Yep. Yes. Um, and we, I mean, there's a, there's a great book about that. That's a decide, decide by Steve McClatchy, you know, the things that you want to do versus the things that you have to do. It's very, very easy to let the things that you have to do, the customer that's upset, the employee that wants to talk to you, like, it's very easy to prioritize those things over budgeting because budgeting is two and a half months away. We don't have, and really you don't have to have a January 1st. You can have a January 15th. Um, but, but have it, but have it. But, but yes. And, and I would say, get, get good at being able to prioritize those items. And the customer that's upset generates revenue for you. But if you say to them, I, I'm, you know, currently working through something, I'm not going to be able to meet you at your home until this time to provide you, provide them a little bit of time to cool down and give you time to work on something that you know is important to do. So, you know, the, the, the discipline of protecting your time. Wow. Molly, that's a whole nother podcast too. Um, But get, get that into your tool belt. I protect my time. Because budgeting time is sacred. It should be sacred. It is. And I I want to, you know, we have to know we are humans. We all have, a, I personally said, we've all kicked things down the road. We have all not defended certain things on our calendars when we should have. Um, we are not perfect at it. Um, no. But where, where I think a lot of us have learned is finding an accountability partner where that will help us with the discipline, whether it's yep. a coach whether it's a mentor, whether it's somebody in the business who is going to be working with you on it, whether it's somebody, you know, another um, business owner in your network in a different trade who, you know, you're going to say the two of us are going to do our budgets. Let's meet up at the coffee shop in two weeks and, and help each other out. Find someone to help keep you accountable, to help you with that discipline. Mm-hmm. Yep. You don't, you, again, you don't have to do it alone. You don't. Have an accountability buddy. Have an accountability buddy. I, we have to leave it there. We do. It doesn't get better than that. All right. Go build your budget and find an accountability buddy. There you go. Catherine, thank you so much as always. And thank you, Molly. It's, it's I, what, what a pleasure to talk about this. Yeah. Until, until next time, until, until we hit cost of goods. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Catherine. Well, th- thank you so much. 
Sure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.